fathers build a positive and vital relationship with their sons? How can they help their sons become bold, courageous, and empathetic men? Why is vulnerability important? And what should fathers tell their sons about life's most important issues? Join us today as I interview Brian Becker and his son, Jeff Becker. They're the authors of Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and Son. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Brian and Jeff. Thanks for being my guest today on Family Shield. Thank you, Kay. Glad to be with you. We're glad to have you. Well, tell us, Brian, why you wrote the book, Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and Son. Well, there were two really lightning bolt moments for me that happened some years ago, Kay. One was uh, I used to work for an organization where the ministry helped start a lot of ministries and uh, projects in communities. I read a lot of proposals from these organizations, and one day I had read probably two dozen proposals, and these were organizations that were trying to solve some of society's biggest problems around gang violence, domestic violence, broken families, uh, poverty, and after I'd finished reading all these proposals, I literally stood up at my desk, and I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or an angel or my intuition, but out loud I said, where are the dads? There are no fathers in any of these pictures. Mm-hmm. All of these ailments that are going on in society, there, there just aren't any dads in the community or in these families. And then, frankly, I thought back to 10 years earlier than that in my own life, and I was one of those destructive dads. I mean, I had a, I had a job where I traveled too much, I partied too much, I got involved with pornography, I crossed a lot of boundaries, and Pretty soon all that came crashing down, and uh, I I know what it's like to look into the eyes of my family and know that I was the reason for all the pain and all the hurt that was going on there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, I was convinced once our family was able to put its life back together that we had an important uh, mission and story to tell. Well, we want to hear a little bit more about that story. Tell us a little bit more about your father-son story between you and Jeff and your family. Sure. Um, uh, Maybe it'd be helpful, too. In the the middle of writing the book, I realized that I also had my own father-son story Mm. with my dad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, part of that was that my dad was a really God-fearing man, faithful to my mother, hard worker, honest. But he also was a really angry guy with Mm. a short trigger on his temper, and I frequently felt the, the anger of that, and uh, so I had a loving and a fearful relationship with my own dad, and that, you know, caused a lot of, a lot of uh, pain for me as a kid. Um, I, you know, promised to myself and prayed to God that I wouldn't be that way with Jeff, and um, I, I believe that I wasn't that way with Jeff, but I also carried a lot of issues into my own early adult years that sent me down a a bad path. And I really was living a duplicitous life of looking like I had it all together on one side, but really wearing a thick mask and uh, living a pretty dark, uh, duplicitous life on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned pornography, and and because you did, I want to make sure that we get to that uh, and, and 
I know that there's a story there that Jeff will want to also interact about. So let, let's mm-hmm. just talk a little bit more because you're, you're certainly, your book is wonderful, Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and the Son. There's so much in there. But uh, tell us a little bit more about how you got involved with pornography and when you actually came clean and told your family about it. It was There were many years in between. And then we'll also talk to, to Jeff a little bit about how this affected yeah. him as a young, uh, almost not even, not even a teenager yet, I believe. A good question, Kay. So I was uh, maybe 12, 13 years old and accidentally found a pornographic magazine on the side of a road. I, I had never seen anything like that before. I'd never heard of anything like that before. I wasn't even quite sure what it was. And, but what I do remember is just feeling like an electrical charge going through my body, like I was being plugged into something. And I was drawn to that like a magnet. And that happened uh, at almost the exact same time as there was some real escalation in the issues between my father and I. Mm-hmm. It happened at almost the same time as my 18-year-old sister died from a, a blood clot, and I was with her at the time when she passed away. And I, while I couldn't have done anything to help her, I felt very responsible sure. for her death. And so I had a lot of serious emotional um, trauma, if you will, and issues going on right at that same time. And pornography began to become a place for me to go and escape, mm-hmm. uh, to avoid hard feelings, to avoid difficult emotions, to act out. And over a period of many years, it became something that I increasingly brought into my life, um, uh, felt the pull to that. Um, uh, it was probably, oh my goodness, uh, in my late 20s before I had this realization that this really had a hold on me in a negative way, uh, knowing that I was involved with something that was really dark and dangerous. Um, and I uh, started crossing boundaries. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, partying too much and traveling too much for work <clears throat> to the point that I, I eventually uh, was unfaithful to my wife. Um, I swore that I would keep that a secret. Uh, for the rest of my life, and what I didn't realize is that the devil loves secrets, mm-hmm. and those secrets are like anchors. You know, uh, Luther wrote about the unholy trinity, the devil, the world, and our flesh, and uh, wow, I was involved deeply with that and didn't realize it, and uh, so for a decade or more, I kept that secret, and I eventually got to the point where I just couldn't stand to look at myself in the mirror in the morning uh, because I I had this image of having it all together and being the perfect husband and father and churchman and business person, and um, I got to the point where I said, you know what, I can't I can't wake up one more morning and uh, look myself in the eye and realize that I'm a fraud. Realize that I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to risk everything that I have, but I'm going to at least have my integrity. And so, 
I told my wife and I told my family about uh, the many years of secrets that I had kept. And, um, you know, John 8 says, the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. And it did set me free, but it also was an incredibly hard thing for my family to to deal with, uh, rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, let's bring you into this. Um, You went through this as a young, how old were you at the time, about? When this happened? I was probably about 14 years old. 14. Okay, you were 14 years old. Um, so looking back on this, your your dad had kept this secret, and you knew nothing about that. You're, obviously, your mother did not either. Uh, what is your impression of that time? What did it mean to you that he openly told you of his sin and what he was doing wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I, I vividly remember the evening of us sitting in the living room. I vividly remember seeing how hard my mother was crying. Um, and at the time, just as a boy growing up and growing into adolescence and growing into manhood, um, you know, I always kind of give the story of I, I kind of thought that pornography was somewhat normal. You know, you have sleepovers with your friends and your buddies and they show the the secret magazine that their dad was ha- hiding underneath the mattress or behind the you know closet or um so for me growing up even though I grew up in this in this Lutheran bubble per se um I thought that was somewhat normal and but all I remembered was saying that you did my father did something extremely wrong because it's obviously hurting my mother in an extreme way uh-huh. Now I look back on it and say, what a strong man Mm. to be able to humble himself, show how vulnerable he is, that he needs help, um, and how hard it truly must have been to really rip off the Band-Aid and say, hey, here I am, and I'm extremely sorry, and I'm extremely regretful, and I know this is painful for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. But I know that this I need to do this not only for myself, but for my marriage and for our family. Absolutely, yes. A strong man, because in today's world, there are many men and women, too, I'm sure, that are keeping that type of secret or other terrible secrets from loved ones. So it takes a strong man and to be vulnerable. Now, um, we don't need to, you know, we, we, we understand that this was something you dealt with for many years and you confessed that to your family. And we'll touch a little bit more on that. I, I definitely, as we go through, I want to, you know, just ask a little bit more about that. But but for now, let's just talk a little bit more about why you wrote this book. It, it was part of it is to talk about what you did the pornography and how you admitted it and the process of uh, gaining your family and their love back uh, when they probably had a really, especially your wife, who had a really hard time forgiving you. And we'll get to that. But let's talk a little bit more about some of the other issues. And one of the things that you talk about is the state of fatherhood in the United States. You, you talked about that being one of the issues that was the reason why you wrote this book. Let's just talk for a minute about some of the statistics related to 
lack of having a father in the home or in your world. Jeff, go ahead and share a little bit about what's happening in today's world when young boys and older boys or men don't have a father image. Yeah, it's it's extremely important because, you know, fatherless fatherlessness puts boys truly at risk. And, you know, I know from personal experience, not from a physical fatherlessness, but from an emotional or psychological side, um, it raises some types of dysfunction. Um, and as boys, as males, a lot of times we get angry, we get scared, and all of that leads to a lot of isolation. Um and, and some of the statistics are, are just very eye-opening, and we didn't even know how extreme they really were until we looked at them. You know, the effects of fatherlessness or fathers not being mentally and psychologically there for their kids, it causes 71% of high school dropouts, wow. 71% of teen pregnancies, 85% of children with behavior disorders, and 90% of homeless and runaway children. All are the effects of fatherlessness within their home. And I think we also see um, involvement because of because of the anger, because of that isolation, because of the the fear that happens in a young man. I mean, that's a that's a recipe for big problems. Mm-hmm. And almost all boys are going to act out in some way. And so uh, we see uh, gang involvement, problems with alcohol, drugs, pornography, depression, even imprisonment, mm-hmm. uh, suicide. Because of that lack of, because of that lack of connection to, uh, to uh, an emotional connection to their to their father. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's the, that... the other thing that we see is that the higher the poverty rate, the higher that fatherless fatherless mm. rate goes, as high as seventy percent in some uh, urban poor communities. Wow, wow. I want to make some announcements, and then we're going to come back and continue talking about. Your book, Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and Son. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. To request your free copy, call our response center, 1-800-250-8416. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations and is also available through our podcast. Family Shield is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Why not give a gift in celebration of this special event? You can send your gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. As we plan our special celebration on Sunday, October 13th, we want to hear from radio listeners about how our ministry has touched or impacted your life or the life of your family. Would you share a written message through email, witness to family at gmail.com, mail a message, or tape a short video with your cell phone and send it to us? Some of these messages will be shared at our event on the website and our Facebook page. We want to thank sponsors of Family Shield Ministries' 25th anniversary. They include Lutheran Church Extension Fund, Triada Advisors in Columbia, Illinois, Concordia Seminary, St. Louis, Drury Hotels, Concordia Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Walter No Florist, and Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis. Sponsorships make this ministry possible. Thank you again for your prayers and support. Now I want to go back to our guest, Brian and Jeff Becker. 
Um, how can someone get a copy of your book, Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and Son? Uh, that's, that's easy, Kay. They can go to tenderlions.org, tenderlions.org. They could find the book. If they would like to talk to Jeff Rye, if they'd like Jeff or me to come and speak uh, at an event or their organization, all that information is at tenderlines.org. Great. And Family Show will also add the book to our recommended links on our website. And when the podcast goes out, we always put information about the book in that podcast. So just so our listeners know, we try to make it easy for you to connect to those that we interview. Well, right before the break, we were still kind of flushing out some of the issues related to boys and men that grow up without fathers. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we kind of move to uh, continue talking about your other aspects of your book, Tender Lions? You you know, I think this is Brian, the dad. I think it's interesting how Jeff um, stepped back from me when he was 14, 15, 16 years old. And because the trust was really uh, the trust was destroyed, uh-huh. and it, it, maybe Jeff, you could share a bit about your skepticism, uh, your wariness of me <laughs> when you were in high school. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I again just growing up in the manhood and not truly understanding what was what was going on, but uh, it was it was a very kind of scary place at the time when I'd come home and. You know, my dad would be sleeping on the couch for days and weeks and months, and he would come home from, you know, recovery program classes, and and we'd talk. And I had no idea if he was kind of doing this to fulfill some type of quota or homework assignment or step process of the program, or if he was doing this truly because he wanted to mend our relationship and start building building the the, the relationship back up. And so for me... um, it was it was very interesting, but obviously looking back on it now, it was extremely important and probably the saving grace to our relationship were those hard, long conversations that we had that uh, started to conversation by conversation, brick by bit, brick, build build our relationship back up to what it is today. You bet. Now, and I think that the lesson in that for for me and maybe for a lot of other parents who are trying to strengthen the relationship with their kids is I had to be willing to talk about things that made me uncomfortable. Our conversations before years before that were, it was kind of like that movie Groundhog Day. Everything was the same day after day, weather, sports, homework, that sort of thing. And so I had to establish that I was willing to talk about relationships and sex and faith and failure and Jeff didn't need to be perfect for me to care for him or to love him. And I think that those many hours of conversation uh, allowed us to rebuild the trust from the ground up and model for Jeff that it, it was okay to make mistakes. It was okay to talk about hard things. It was okay to be vulnerable and talk about the feelings that we had, which is a lot of society today says, you know, men can't be vulnerable. Men uh-huh. can't. You know, they got to be tough, and, 
Well, tender lions are tough, but they're also tender. So there's a time for one and a time for the other. Absolutely, yes. So the father-son relationship is a huge topic, and our time is wrapping up here. But how did you decide what to put in the book? There's so much more and so many wonderful chapters in the book, developing a healthy self-concept, being vulnerable, as you just said, and authentic. Why having roots is more important than a competitive spirit. How to talk about sex with your son. And the list goes on. And I really like failure is awesome. Talk a little bit more about what, how you made some decisions about what to put in the book. So when Jeff and I decided that we were going to do this project together, we spent a lot of hours in conversation about of. If we could wind the clock back, which, of course, we can't do that, but if we could, and we wanted to raise a boy to become a man and be healthy emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, relationally, what would we need to talk about? How would we need to model a life? And so that's where the 15 chapters of the book came from, from those big, it's obviously more than 15 things to raise a boy, Mm -hmm. but we felt that those were major things that we needed to to uh, be willing to talk about and to model a life like that in order to raise a healthy, healthy young man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good. So, uh, Jeff, talk a little bit about why failure is awesome. You know, I think that in society today, uh, kids and even parents get caught up with kind of the status, what the status of, you know, the norm is. And I think that they want they are attracted to what society wants. And so, you know, in my profession right now, I work with basketball players anywhere from kindergartners all the way to NBA All-Stars. And for us, failure is awesome. We need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. we need to... So one of my things in my job every single day is trying to get anyone to get out of their comfort zone. And out of your comfort zone is when you learn. Again, it goes back to being vulnerable. And I think that there's so many life lessons that can be go- that can be learned through sports. Um, but failure, failure to me, to my dad, to my business, to our culture is you have to be able to be okay with failure because through failure comes growth. And mm-hmm. I think my dad said it best is that, you know, his worst day was his most important day as well because he knew that. Hey, he had to get out of this failure to be able to grow as a man, as a father, as a husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And I loved, uh, uh, Brian, I loved what you said about failure because I talk about that all the time with parenting. Exactly, I think the same thing you said, a, a, a little baby just getting ready to walk. We cheer them on. Oh, they're, they're falling, they're failing. No, we cheer them on and we want them to learn and we don't learn unless we fail first most of the time. So I really appreciate what you said about the need for failure, because in today's world, whether we're talking about sons or daughters, we can't teach our children that they'll always win. That is a, not the way they learn, and it, it be, can become very counterproductive. Um, Brian, you wanted to share something else. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm just thinking about the day that I finally came to my senses and said, I'm going to get honest with my wife. That that was the most fearful day of my entire sure. 61 years yeah. on earth, but it was also the most important day of my life in terms of helping me take the first step back in the right direction. 
So stepping through the fear, that's the irony in mm-hmm. all of this. Many of us deal with some sort of dark issue, uh, large or small scale, and we spend a lot of emotional energy trying to hide that from people. And when I finally found the courage to take that out of the dark and put it into the light, that's when that John 8 verse where Jesus says, the truth will set you free, and then a couple of verses later he says, and if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Absolutely. By facing that darkness is where the light was able to come in. Yes. What a, what a, what a paradox there. Yes. And um, I, I hope you will just share a few minutes about why forgiveness is the most important thing. One of the parts of your book that touched me the most is when you talked about when your wife finally forgave you. Can you just share that, Brian? Mm, sure, sure. Um, so we spent many months in uh, conversation, counseling, prayer, discussion with friends, um, and we came to a point where we were both uh, experiencing anger and frustration, and um, Kim finally said to me, my wife's name, Kim, she said, I know I have to forgive you, not for you, but because my unforgiveness is holding me back. Mm-hmm. And there's this famous Anne Lamott quote that says, uh, unforgiveness is like eating rat poison and expecting the rat to die. Mm-hmm. You know, the unforgiveness holds the, that person in place, hold, keeps them from moving forward. And one, once that happened, many other things started to... Um, the perspective just began to change in our family, the relationship between Kim and I, the relationship with our kids, and literally it set us free to a, a new type of uh, life with each other. And I feel like the forgiveness and the change that happened was truly otherworldly, and that the Holy Spirit brought a, 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 a perspective, a, a light into our life that allowed us to move forward that she or I could not find on our own. Right. Right. Let's just ask Jeff a comment from you, Jeff, very briefly related to the forgiveness and how that changed the uh, dynamics in your family at that point. Do you remember that? You know, I, I don't remember it at the time, but I do remember my just how, how strong my mother was and, you know, having conversations with my dad and my mom afterwards and uh, how she forgave not only my father, but, but you know, forgave herself and how strong she was to hold it together to be the heartbeat for our family. Um, she definitely showed through love and through strength um, how tough of a situation it was, but, but, but how strong she could be to, to make us, you know, who we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she, she is a tender lion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it cannot, doesn't just have to be sons. It can also be uh, wives and daughters. But I just want to recommend the book, Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and Son. Uh, this is a great book. There's so much more in it that we didn't get to. And I just want to encourage our listeners to, to pick it up. And again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.